Lake Como. There's a reason George Clooney has a home here. You're listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust. You are listening to the Travel FOMO podcast. My name is Hillary Halton, and I'm here with my husband and my very own George Clooney. Jamin. I'm no Clooney. Oh, you're my Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the middle of season seven, sharing our insights from Mediterranean Europe, which we saw as we traveled the world for a year in gap year. Yes. So much fun um, in Italy. Mm -hmm. So long awaited Italy for us where we spent a lot of time and Lake Como was a late addition. Uh, yes. to our plans wasn't in our original uh, itinerary but then we decided to add it because we just saw so many beautiful pictures of it that we're like well we gotta go specifically i remember this video clip a vertical video clip of these guys in their seersucker swim trunks jumping off of this bridge into the lake diving and of course it doesn't look like it's like crazy cold now i know like it's a pro- the water there's probably always like insanely cold because you're (laughs) basically in Switzerland but people are like swimming and there's like this really nice boat but you know now that we've been there I think it might have been this one really nice wooden boat like an old (laughs) like vintage boat yeah that just makes it surrounds and people rent it or something but oh that specifically yeah that video got me to Como you gotta go seeing people like dive off and swim in the water I was like yeah (laughs) It uh, it really is a beautiful place. So we got there um, via Milan from Cinque Terre. So mm-hmm. we had stayed in Cinque Terre. Uh, we went through Milan and had lunch. Uh, there's a couple of episodes out there on that. So if you've missed those, you want to go back and catch them. Uh, because fun they're funny. There. Let's just be clear. <laughs> yes. We stopped in Milan solely for the purpose of eating pasta that we had been waiting to eat for three years. Yes. Because of a travel issue gone wrong the first time we went to Milan. Yeah. And if you're wondering, is it worth it to go to Milan just to have lunch? Yes, it is. Jamin cons- consistently <laughs> confirms it is definitely worth it. And uh, we got to Lake Como. Uh, we took... The long way in that we got off the train one stop early. So (laughs) we had, we made ourselves walk a little bit longer. I remember like later in the evening going out and seeing the train stop that we should have taken and being like, oh, that's, that's like really close. Like it like basically ends in the lake. It's (laughs) so convenient. (laughs) But uh, we were having a little trouble navigating that train in particular and Got off a stop early, so we went to go on a long walk. And then the Airbnb that we were staying in, um, it was truly self-check-in, which we were very grateful for. So grateful. Um, A lot of Airbnbs, particularly in Europe, list themselves as being self-check-in, and they're not really. Yeah. Um, You still have to end up meeting someone and... Coordinating a time. Right, like coordinating schedules and and things like that, which for us, like we intentionally booked self-check-in so that we wouldn't have to be stressed about like, 
okay, we got to make it on this train so that we can get to this place in this amount of time. And like looking up, how long is it going to take us from to walk from the train station to the Airbnb so that we can tell them what time to be there and all yes. that garbage. So this one was actually self check-in, which was very much appreciated, but to do the self check-in required what can only be described as the world's worst scavenger hunt. <laughs> It was like, I think in the YouTube video, I describe it as like the reverse of an escape room in that we had to follow all of these clues and steps to like get into a place rather than out of one. That's funny. But they had like, they sent us all these instructions and their pictures and you, you start at like this square and you walk past this restaurant and there's this archway where there are all these bike racks and on these bike racks, there's a lock box with the first key in it. Mm-hmm. And you take that key and you go to where the Airbnb is, which is several blocks away, mind yeah. you. And you get in the front gate of the Airbnb and then with one key. And then you take the next key and open the mailbox inside the locked oh, gate right. to then get the keys to the house, which, by the way, there's a key to the building and then a key to the door to get into the house. And there was like a gate that you walk through as well. Once you get in the first gate, there's a second gate. Then there's yes. like, wow. And the key to get you into the gate is kind of tricky. And so you're kind of second guessing yourself of like, is this the right place? Like, is this the right, right gate? Yeah. This key doesn't seem to be working. How are we going to like, what's going on here? And there's just so many keys and instructions and next steps that you just want to be like, look, I just need a key to a door to get me in this place, not a series of keys and boxes and things. But it took like it honestly took us like 30 minutes. It took it took a hot minute. The thing I remember being the hardest was finding the first lockbox. Yes. Because it wasn't really clear exactly where that was. But then after we found that, they had photos for us. And we're, so we're following photos. It's probably like a three-page document that's like <laughs> telling us how to get in. It's just really ironic. I just thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, I think to, to leave, I think we only had to leave them in the mailbox and then just go out mm. the gate. So like yeah. leaving... You didn't have to undo all of all of that. Uh, so question for you. Would you rather deal with that or would you rather deal with a check in that is like meet up with somebody like the fake check in thing or right. this solely you're the only one you can come at any time you want? Um, I'd rather do the scavenger hunt. Yeah, me too. Um, because I, I don't want to have to coordinate with somebody. I don't want to feel bad. If mm-hmm. I don't take the original train that I planned on taking and now I'm arriving much later than I thought, like, I, I don't want to do all that stuff. Yeah. And so I think self check-in is the best part of those. And so I would do, I would do all the scavenger hunts to avoid, although we did have some great interactions with several people that were hosts at, at Airbnbs, like the guy in Lyon, the guy in Venice that yeah. were really nice, pointed us in the right direction a lot. And so it's nice to meet and talk to a local, mm-hmm. but working That's out true. the schedule of it is, is a pain. Yeah, it's not ideal for sure. Okay, so what were your first impressions of Lake Como? 
Um, it was small, like smaller than than I thought it was going to oh, yeah. be. Like it was it sort of had the small town vibes and had like relaxed lake vibes. Okay. That, you know, I thought, well, we're going to be in Italy and it'll sort of have this, you know, feeling of a city or, or something like that. And it felt very much like a lake, but like a really classy version mm-hmm. of the lake. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I, we grew up in Oklahoma and going to the lake is <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, as far away from classy as like you, you can don't possibly shoes. get. <laughs> it's like cut off jean shorts and like skull cans. I have swam in my clothes on countless occasions. <laughs> and like, yeah. So it's very much not classy, but this had those relaxed, like summertime on the lake yeah. feelings to it. Um, but in a really like classy way, which I'm mm-hmm. sure exists somewhere in the United States. I just haven't been there. Yeah. Well, I like was surprised by, it was a little bit, dirtier than I expected yeah and I remember like looking in the water at one point and there was a container a blue container that you would normally put like fabric softener in and it was empty and it was just floating in Lake Como and I was like yeah. this is like I mean at one point that was like a five or ten pound jug of stuff and it's just like floating here and yeah. I'm honestly, I'm the kind of person that if I could have reached it, I would have like gotten it out and thrown it away because I just can't handle that. But that was a little bit of a bummer. And then also it was a little bit more party scene than I expected. It was a little Mm. bit more girls night out, like girls weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember seeing girls wearing like high heels and like I say high heels like that's a crazy idea. No, I mean like stiletto, like straps all the way up your ankles, kind of like, and then not sequin dresses, maybe. Well, maybe sequin dresses, but um, I specifically remember a girl in like a really tight spandex blue metallic dress, you know? Mm, so you're talking yeah. like, I'm going out tonight kind of dress. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was like surprised by that. I guess I thought it was mostly like people enjoying nice quiet serene vibes and less like i'm going clubbing right you know and i don't really know that anybody really went clubbing because well quite frankly i never looked into it but (laughs) (laughs) honestly i would i guess maybe cocktail parties i could see you getting dressed up for a cocktail party and that might be the kind of place to do it yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense it was a little more down to earth than i expected though i will say um Considering that George Clooney has a home here, okay. <laughs> what are you I, saying about George? You don't think he's down to earth? I, it did have kind of like the Hampton vibes, you yeah. know, a little bit, as yeah. if I've been to Hampton, guys. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but it was romantic, summer casual, a little more old Europe than I imagined. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so. I, I like that a lot. Kind of similar to my reaction to like Monte Carlo and Con. Um, but then also, yeah, it was a little bit more dirty than I thought. And maybe a, maybe a little bit more touristy, I guess you could say. Yeah. As we found out the next day on the ferry. Oh. 
<laughs> but that first evening, um, honestly, I, you know, we mentioned this in several episodes because this is all one long day, but um, I really wasn't feeling good. And so I went and laid down. I was like so fatigued. At this point, I'm just like, I just need to close my eyes and I don't care about anything. I wasn't even hungry because I was just like, all I can think about is like closing my eyes. And you went to get us groceries. Yep. Popped out to the grocery store. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, and then, yeah, we had some dinner at home. I don't even remember what we ate for dinner. Uh, I don't actually either. I think we got some pasta or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or cheese. We may have just eaten Italian cheese. It's very possible. Very possible. We just had <laughs> mozzarella for dinner. That's too funny. And wine. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was, there was plenty of wine, as I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we really only, we were there two nights, so we really only had one full day. Right. Um, and you were feeling pretty bad, so I, I felt bad for you because in that situation, like, you don't have a day to, like, recover or, or just sleep and try to get better, like... You yeah. kind of had to, to gut it out. And we started out with a run. And I have more FOMO than you do. So you really felt bad for me. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, she's got the most amount of FOMO. Yeah. she's She doesn't want to miss any of this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we started out with uh, a run. And uh, we didn't run very far that day. Um, I think it was only like four miles, four or five miles, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was around the lake, like all lakeside. It was really cool um, through like a little park and then past some villas and into another uh, big park all along the lake. It was really early in the morning, really pretty. There wasn't anybody out. Yeah, no. We had the whole place to ourselves, which was a lot of fun. So around the the dock and and out along the city a little bit. It was a nice little run. Yeah. I, when I think of Lake Como, I always picture this moment on the run when we passed this this cool old home. on, And it was like truly on the water. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of on the path along the other side of it. And so I look over and I can see these stained glass windows kind of like in a sunroom it's like a whole sunroom but it was with stained glass kind of and I look over and I can see the sun coming through the stained glass right at me and I was just like wow I am gonna remember this moment and that sounds so silly but it's like those little snapshots in time are they really stick with you yeah and I try to sometimes in this moment I had my phone handy because we always do on the runs which is smart and I whipped out my phone. And I took a picture, and so I still have a picture of this, like the stint. And and I think it's even in the video. I think I even did some video clips yeah. of it because mm-hmm. I was like, "This is what I want to remember about going on a run in, in Lake Como." Anyway, yeah. I just love those little moments that stick with you. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I remember that that place in particular, and those places on the water were so cool. A lot of those old houses have like little boat houses either Mm -hmm. beside them and or underneath them that the lake connects to and you can just tell all that stuff's just incredibly old yeah and really cool and every place you're like i just kind of want to go explore that place yeah Uh, it it was a lot of fun so much fun and that day was so full oh my gosh 
Did a lot that day. We did a lot, more than I was equipped to do in my current condition, <laughs> in that condition. We basically did an all-day excursion on the lake. Yes. So there are ferries that run from to, you know, really all the little cities on the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are a lot. And if you, you'll see uh, in the video, actually, if you guys go to YouTube, you can see, we kind of show you like, this is the shape of the city or the shape of the lake. And it's kind of a upside down Y. Yeah. And so um, Lake Como is, the, is at the very bottom as well, of one of those tips. Yes. And um, so we were down there. We went all the way up to, um, what would you say, the V of the Y? <laughs> it's getting confusing. But, um, but basically, we went up to a little village called Bellagio, which was really cool to just be like, I can't believe we're going to. There's an actual place called Bellagio, and we are going there. Yeah. After going to Vegas, what, seven, eight times, <laughs> then to... Or, Actually, now it'd be like eight or nine times. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, after going so many times and then getting to go to the actual Bellagio, um, that was really exciting. But to get there, we had to wait in line to buy tickets on the ferry. Mm-hmm. And it was not like this super impressive system where you hop online and just make it all happen. It was like, no, show up, wait in line. Um, I think we had to wait for a ferry or two to leave before we got a seat. Yeah. At least one ferry. Yes, yeah. And then um, it was two and a half hours in one direction. <laughs> yeah. And we did that to save money. Because we, we could have gone a cheaper route. And uh, done it A more expensive route. Or a more, yeah, sorry. We yeah. could have done a more expensive route and done it in what? An, an hour. An hour? Yeah. Um, but we opted to like, we and we thought it'd be great to like spend some time on the lake and everything. And it was in the morning. Yes. We yeah. were a little exhausted by the time we came back and we're <laughs> ready for it to be over. But, um. Yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, well, this will be perfect. We'll get to kind of leisurely go along the lake on this boat and see all these beautiful villas, make all these stops and get up close to everything. It'll be awesome and it was it was on the way really, out yeah but coming back yeah, was coming back. you had to pay the piper we, yeah we were done yeah the ferry is taking you up to the the edge of all of these little towns and dropping mm-hmm. off people and picking up more people and so you're really getting close to all these places and one of the really cool villas there is george clooney's villa if I haven't hyped that enough, here it is again. <laughs> would you like to know a little bit about George Clooney's villa? I Jamie? would. Okay. I would. In case he ever invites me, I want to seem informed. <laughs> okay. Well, in case he invites you, um, which if he does, that means he might also be inviting people like Matt Damon, uh, mm-hmm. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I know. You're not a fan, but I am. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, we could party th- with those people. Yeah. I'd be okay. She yeah. seems friendly. Yes, exactly. Um, his villa actually has a name. Um, and I don't, I guess it's maybe always had this name, but uh, it's called Villa Oleandra and it's in La, La Giglio, La Giglio, Italy, La Giglio. Um, it is an 18th century villa. What does that put it? 1700s? Yeah. It was built in the 1700s. That's mm-hmm. pretty old. Yes. 
we like old stuff. Yeah. We like old places. Like both of our homes that we've owned have been like hundred years old ish. Yeah. 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 Which is uh I just think that's fun. And then but here's the thing. It's only one of four. If my fact checking is accurate, it's one of four places that George Clooney owns on Lake Como or has owned at some point. <laughs> so do you think that's like a shell game? Like I'm going to avoid the paparazzi by staying in a different place each time or like, yeah. is it just like, oh, well, I mean, if you have one villa on Lake Como, you might as well have four. Well, if you think about it, he's probably always hosting people. Yeah. What fun is it to be in Italy if you're always all alone? I mean, and now he's got his wife and, and, and kids and stuff, but he's probably hosting people, whether it's family or friends. Yeah. It's a good place to host people. It also does throw everybody off, the public. It kind of throws people off whenever it's like, oh, so where's his place? Well, technically he's got like four of them, so I don't really know where you'll find him. Gotcha. That's a pretty good idea, yeah. you know? I, I do think long-term guests are probably a little bit more tolerable if they're in a different villa. Yes, see? I would I would probably do the same now that you mentioned that. That is so your style. <laughs> <laughs> um, he bought this back in 2002, which I when I stopped to think about that, I was like, wow. Assuming he still owns it, we were seeing it, and he's owned it for like 20 years by the time we see it. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, long time. Yeah, long time. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was just fun to know is that like it's got a full gym, it's got a tennis court, um, several different gardens, um, huge bathrooms and stuff like that, and it also has a separate pizza room. Oh, ah, because room. Italy. Yeah, I yeah. think if I was gonna have a villa on Lake Como, I would insist that there be a pizza room. No, I know what kind of room you would have. You would have a gelato room. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would a have a pizza room probably or a pasta room. <laughs> you would have a gelato room. I, have, I would have a bread room. It's called the pantry <laughs> and it would just be full of Italian bread. It's a bunch of bread and olive oil. That sounds amazing. I'm starving. <laughs> it, uh, it, was a, it was cool to see uh, George's villa and <laughs> all, of the, all of the others as well. Well, yeah, and on that note, sorry, one more celebrity plug. Okay. Versace, the Versace family, has owned a home on Lake Como. So, oh, uh, yes. For the celebrity lovers out there, if you're a junkie like me, <laughs> you find this fascinating. Okay, continue. <laughs> so, if you are on the ferry around the lake and you can pull yourself away from your People magazine uh, <laughs> to look around, you, like us, might end up at Bellagio. Uh, it did take about two and a half hours to get there. And then we got to explore uh, the city. It's a really steep city um, and really a, a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, there in Bellagio. And this there's a street that kind of winds its way up the cliff. And then these little walking streets that sort of cut through it. So... You can sort of wind your way up or you can take stairs that basically get you up to the to the top a lot faster. Um, a really cool place. It's known for its blown glass. Mm -hmm. So you see these little glass shops everywhere. Um, they're really cool and fun to go into. Uh, very nerve wracking because you recognize that if you like turn too quickly, you could knock over 
tens of thousands of dollars worth of irreplaceable blown glass. That's true. Um, so be careful when you're going in there. If you're traveling with teenage boys, maybe take the ball away right before you go inside. Um, but it's really cool. Um, the artistry of it, it's just such a passion there and it's kind of everywhere and, and it's all a little bit different. So it's all kind of cool to see. I feel like some places you go and if you walk into one shop, you've kind of walked into them all, like mm-hmm. they've all got the same stuff, but they're in Bellagio with the bone glass and the different um, sort of things that, that were popular to sell there. I feel like every shop was a little different. It was a little different. And that was really cool. Um, we hung out and, and had lunch. There's a beautiful park right along the lake um, that goes on what seems like forever. Yeah, with, uh, really With great pretty. trees and a lot of grass and, and things. And we just got to walk around and kind of explore it was a lot of fun. Really cool to see. Yeah. I loved the little shops. Um, well, speaking of the shops, uh, to go back to that for just a second, um, I bought a black glass ring. This is so cool. That's right. It's massive. It's like, I mean, I'll probably break it at some point because it's so big and it'll like <laughs> knock into something and shatter. But um, I got a black glass ring because I wear a lot of black. We both wear a lot of black. Mm-hmm. Also, I loved the little shops that were like little woodwork shops where like you could see yeah. all these handmade wooden toys and um, tiny little boats, just like what you would see on like vintage boats that you would see on the lake yes you could buy miniature versions of them and i just think of like i mean honestly it makes me think of like pinocchio you know yeah like uh-huh. and geppetto and how he would like always be carving things out of wood and so the handiwork there is like it's real craftsmanship and it's pretty impressive and yeah and then the other thing that is so fascinating is that blown glass is such a big deal there and for years we'd got like gone into the bellagio at, in las vegas And one of the things that is like on display there is like this incredible ceiling covered in blown glass art. Mm. And it's a really big deal because it is Venice, Bellagio, it's all of that. Like Bellagio is all into their blown glass. And so they put on display there um, to kind of like bring you here to where we are, you know, (laughs) when we're. Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of that in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And when you travel through Europe, you see things like that and you're like, oh, that's what we're trying to replicate. Yes. Or that's what this is a nod to. Right. Um, So many, whether it's houses or buildings or uh, definitely Vegas, like all the casinos and stuff like that. Yeah. There's just so much in America that is made to look like things over there and seeing the original is really cool and you're like no wonder someone went back and tried to make something close to this Mm -hmm. and went to such great lengths yeah to try to replicate it even though it's you know hard to replicate but yeah they go to such great lengths and because they're like it's amazing i really want to bring this feeling to people yeah yeah Yeah. i want to share this on on this broad sort of stage yeah for yeah, sure. That, that was a lot of fun. If you're listening to this, you like a good adventure. And if you like a good adventure, you might enjoy following the fights. 
It all started with Mars and Ashley's bold decision to travel full-time in their converted Sprinter van. Fast forward six years, they've seen all 50 states and backpack countries like Thailand and Guatemala. It's been one daring decision after another, and now they're braving another big adventure, building a creative retreat in the Colorado Rockies. Find out what life could be like when you take risks. Follow the fights on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And then we faced a little disappointment. Yeah. Well, the theory system. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. We were so proud of ourselves for having, like, conquered all the train systems in all the different countries. And mm-hmm. then, like, we get into the world of fairies and we're like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, well, first of all, we missed the ferry that we were going to take. Yes. Back to Lake Como. Yeah. Because we were, like, standing... At what we thought was the port, but apparently there were multiple little, tiny little ports. And by port, I mean like a dock. Yeah. You know, just a little dock without a sign. Right. (laughs) It's incredible. And finding information was so hard to do. Obviously, there's a language barrier, but I mean just information in general. And, And maybe that was the problem. Maybe there was a language barrier and nothing... You know, very little stuff was in English. So it is very possible that there was some signage that we just didn't recognize it as applying to us. But we know what we were looking for. Yeah. And there were places, there were certain ports that you could go to where there would be some information. And so we could read and we could see like, okay, we know, we we can see that. But then there was so much, so many gaps in information. Yes, it it was very hard to navigate, hard to walk through. And with there being two ports, that made it confusing as well as to like, because we got off on one and then we found out later that we needed to leave from another. But there were ships, ships, boats leaving from both. And I think we weren't quite prepared for how fairies don't really run on time Mm. i think like the very first fairy of the day might leave on time or just to be consistent with everything else might leave five minutes late and then from the from that point on it just just gets gets worse and worse and further and further off and so like if you go into a train station and there are a few um a few platforms you can see like, okay, there's a, there's a 1030 train and there's a 1045 train and there's a 1050 train. And you can kind of guesstimate a little bit just mm-hmm. based on where the trains are and the time where you kind of need to be. But the ferries get so far off yeah, that it just, by the time you're mid afternoon, like we were at this point, it's just pandemonium. It's just Gone. All the schedules are just gone. Yeah. And so many people are tourists. They don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. So there's mass confusion. And then like there's a line. I mean, it was like mass confusion. Yes. Like the line was more like a mob of people. Yeah. And so there's a mob of people trying to buy tickets. There's a mob of people who have already bought their tickets and they're waiting in line and they think they're waiting on the right boat. But then like they get to the front and they wait and they wait and they wait for like different fairies to come. And then they finally think this is my fairy. And then 
they're even at the wrong port just like we'd been or yeah. it I mean it was so crazy and then also because there was no signage you couldn't tell which ferry was approaching so people would be like shoving their way up to the front and then only to find out that like as it gets close they're like oh that's not even my boat right so here we are all fighting each other just because <laughs> we don't have information yeah and that would create just massive bottlenecks too because people would push their way to the front oh wait that's not my boat and now there's nowhere for them to go yeah and so now like what would ordinarily be the causeway where people could mm-hmm. funnel onto this boat now people are having to like squeeze by the people that were there and are not getting on that boat right it's so crazy yeah. it was uh can you tell we're frustrated we're like <laughs> oh my gosh i totally remember it now yeah well and it's hot and mm, yeah it was really hot it was really hot at that point and people were cranky people were yeah. not nice to each other and were getting a little pushy yeah yeah i like i remember specifically at one point there was this guy and this girl behind us and she was like well, we need to get a good seat on the boat, so we need to be closer up. And it's literally a mob of people just standing there waiting for the boat. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, if you wanted a better seat on the boat, you should have got here earlier. Yeah. And so she like slips around me and I just promptly sidestepped and stood right in front of him. And he tried to get around me several times and I just refused to let him go around me. Y'all are not going to team up on us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not, it's not happening. Team Hogerton on the defense. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not going to do it. That's funny. So we got to spend a little more time in Bellagio. We got <laughs> and it was kind of sweet. We got to see one of the gardens along the lake, mm-hmm. which was lovely. Yes. And I got to see some guy like decide he was like, I'm doing it. I'm going swimming. I'm going swimming. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's really going to do it. And he did. And yes. it looked like it was cold enough. He decided not to stick around much longer. But yeah, that water looked really cold. It really did. But there's, I think there's like a, um, what would you call it? Like a botanical gardens there. Mm-hmm. Yes. We did not pay to go into that, but we were real close to it. Yeah. And, um, but I was feeling pretty rotten at that point. So I just like laid down literally. <laughs> I think I just laid down on the grass. I don't even yeah. think I had, I might've had like, we had towels that, uh, like some Turkish towels that we would take around like blankets and different things and lay them on the ground. So I might've laid on the Turkish towel. But I was just like, I am. I probably snored and everything. I was out. Yeah, you were out. You were out pretty hard for probably about half an hour or so. Yeah. Oh, man. But it was like, it was nice to like be under a shade tree. Yes. And be able to chill just a little bit. A beautiful, beautiful spot to to be trapped. So if you're going to have to miss, if you're going to have to miss your ferry and spend some extra time somewhere. Bellagio is probably yeah, that's the true. optimal place to do it. Yeah. But ferries was such a big part of our time there. What tips do you have for people? I mean, yeah. not to like belabor the whole like ferry <laughs> thing, but legitimately I think we have like yeah, some tips we've for people. failed pretty hard, so maybe we can help <laughs> you guys um not do that. But I would say recognize what pier you need to leave from. And that there are going to be several piers, ever, particularly in Lake Como, 
several piers everywhere and where you get dropped off may not be where you have to get back on your boat, things like that. And investigate that stuff like right when you get there. I think when you get there, like you're just wanting to go see stuff. And so you're not really worried. You're like, I'll worry about it later. But if you just take a minute, because then you'll, you'll be able to navigate it a little bit easier. You can even ask an attendant that's on your boat, like the boats that leave to go back, where do they leave from? Oh, that's good advice. And they can probably help you. So you can kind of figure that stuff out beforehand. So you're not walking up later going like, okay, my boat's supposed to be here in two minutes. Mm -hmm. Where do I need to go? Yeah. Um, Signage is, is not going to be very visible. A lot of ferries, it's not like trains where there's electronic signs everywhere. Like usually it's pieces of paper that are posted somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so just recognize you're going to have to, to go there for your information. Um, be prepared to wait in a long line. Um, most of the ferries, like particularly on this lake, um, and even some of the ones that we took in Greece, it's not really a reserved seat. So if you want a good seat, like up on the deck where you can see a lot of the lake or close to a window or something like that, um, you're going to have to kind of like jockey for position yeah. to get those. Good so point. Uh, just be ready for that and just know that the schedules get further and further off the as the day goes Mm -hmm. and so you can and that was true everywhere we went when it came to ferries ferries got later and later throughout the day trains could sometimes stay consistently on time yeah depending on the country but like ferries not so much yeah so put your flex schedule stuff (laughs) for like first arrival so if you're in Bellagio and you're going back to Como for dinner give yourself a couple of hours between the, when you think that you're going to get back and your dinner reservation. Mm, yeah. That's um, good. So that you can make sure to not miss out on anything. Uh, understand that you're not going to be able to time it out like a flight or a train or something like that. It's yeah. just going to be slow paced. And just once you embrace that, then and you don't have that expectation of it says this and this, I should get off at this time. Uh, once you kind of let that go, mm-hmm. I think you can enjoy it a little more. Yeah. Well, you could even buy tickets like first thing in the morning. Like just, yeah. you know, take a nice leisurely walk down to wherever, you know, your your port is going to be or where you could probably go to any of the ports and buy your tickets. Yeah. And get your tickets right away. Then you don't have to worry about it. And you just arrive early enough that you're not, um, you know, behind the crowds and stuff yeah. like that. Have you ever seen like a ferry port that wasn't just chaos though when people were getting on a ferry? No, for whatever reason, like we can be orderly getting on trains. Yeah. Uh, we definitely are orderly getting on planes. I feel like even buses, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you form a line and a person gets on. But right. at a ferry, it's just like, just madness. Just go for it. That is really crazy. Um, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but it definitely, mm-hmm. that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say spring for the fast boat ticket in Como particular. Yeah. Um, I much rather would have only spent an hour on the trip back mm-hmm. as to two and a half. Um, and you kind of buy it 
round trip. trip. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like we were buying a one way and then you could buy another way fast. Like it's round trip kind of stuff. So I would probably pay more for the faster boat. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had to get back to dinner because That's we right. were going to go to dinner and have trattoria. We were going to eat it. Trattoria pizzeria. Yes. And it was really good. You had big old pizza, right? I had a big old pizza with all <laughs> a whole bunch of mess of stuff on it. And they kind of did it in that way where it's like one section of the pizza has all of one ingredient, like all the ham. And the other one had all the olives and then all the artichokes. And so it's kind of all divided up, which was fun and different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really how we eat supreme pizzas, you know, in America. <laughs> right. But I thought that was kind of fun. It, but you had risotto. I did. So we're north, like Lake Como's northern Italy, and northern Italy is known for their rice and their risotto. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to try it while we were there. Yeah. I had it. It was like kind of a cheesy risotto with some mm-hmm. sausage in it, and yeah. it was really good. Yeah, it looked really good. And I remember really liking the place that we went to. It was very mm-hmm. vibey. It was. Like, yeah. And not necessarily like old Italy vibes. It was like modern. It's kind of trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Trendy Italy vibes. So mm-hmm. um, that was really fun and just really, really good. Yeah. And that was in Como, like the town, which to be clear, I've said Lake Como a ton of times. There is Lake Como and then there's the city of Como. Yes. And so we were staying in the city of Como just for clarification <laughs> in case I had not made that clear. And the uh, the wait staff at that restaurant was really cool too. Like, I remember oh, they were. being helped by several people, and they were like just fun. And in Italy, wait staff can be a little standoffish mm. a lot of times. And they give here you they weren't. They were really space. friendly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here they were really friendly, and I I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, then the next day we were off. We're off to Venice. Venice. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But before we got on the train to Venice, um, there was something that you just had to do. Well, yeah. Before we left the Airbnb. I had some business to tackle, guys. <laughs> and that business was making sure that we emptied the fridge well. <laughs> yeah. So anytime that we would go to the grocery store and buy stuff or be out and do things like that, Hillary's always coming back with leftovers and that kind of stuff. And before we would leave an Airbnb, Hillary would be like, we have this stuff, we have to eat it. And so Hillary would typically have a breakfast of like cereal, cheese, crackers, no um, crackers I would just put in my bag <laughs> and take as a treat. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty uh, hodgepodge. Yeah, this morning in particular, there was like two thirds of a bottle of wine. And I come out of the shower and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and you're like, we have this wine. We can, like, and I was like, we could just pour it out. You, no no we can't like we can't we can't waste it and so you're like drinking wine literally at like six fifteen in the morning yeah because i think our i mean i don't remember exactly the train time but it's probably 7 a.m train we had to catch a really early train because we yeah. had to go back to milan switch trains and then go to venice which is across 
Italy. Yeah. We basically had to travel all the way from Western to Eastern Italy. Yeah. But I like remember thinking like, this is so fun. <laughs> I can just like drink a half a bottle of wine for breakfast. Like it's literally okay. Like I'm not driving anywhere. I'm going to get on a train. It was a great way to start the day. And I did, I had mozzarella cheese too. And it was so juicy. That is a thing about like Italian, like real Italian mozzarella. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't really know until being in Italy that like you should be able to like cut open mozzarella and like liquid falls out of it. Yes. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds really good right now, actually. I really am hungry. It's a big old hunk of mozzarella. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds that sounds really good. Okay. But yeah, we had to get on that train to Venice, which is to where Venice. we are headed to next. That's right. The city that well, we stayed in a palace in Venice. Yes. So tune in. And also the palace was moving. I could swear <laughs> it felt like the whole building was just like swing side to side. Yeah, you're the only person that felt that. Um, it felt very real. I'm yes. just saying. So we did stay in a palace. We actually learned how to row, mm -hmm. uh, Venetian style. So Ven Venice famous for gondolas and all those kinds of things. And we actually learned how to row. So yeah. we'll be talking about that That's in fun. our next episode. So make sure that you are subscribed and have those downloads turned on so yes. that it goes straight into the phone and you can just listen to it as soon as it comes out. Okay, guys, you can find us out on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Definitely subscribe on YouTube, I'm just saying, because we have long-form videos out there that you can really see all these things that we're talking about. It is a little different than the actual podcast, so you're going to actually see some of this stuff and see things that we don't even necessarily always address yeah. um, in the podcast. So. And the Como one will be good. Like, there's a lot mm, of really pretty. cool footage from, yeah. of those villas. Yeah. You can see George Clooney's villa. Yeah. It's going to be good. In there. It's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. <laughs> but we are closing out this episode with something you guys will not find in the video, and that is a listener story. <laughs> so scale of one to ten, how excited are you about first listener story? Well, how excited do you think I am? Uh, 23. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty excited. Oh, my gosh. I'm so pumped, especially because this first story is actually a story from someone we know. Yeah from an old colleague that I used to work with, Nicole. Um, Nicole went to Venice around the same time as we did. Mm -hmm. um, so last summer, which is so cool, she went with her husband, her son, and her parents. So, nice. yeah, so they actually went a much more posh route. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of different than how we got to do it. Very different than ours, yes. Exactly, so um, I'm a little jealous. Let's hear from Nicole herself. Buongiorno. This is Nicola Min sharing my travel stories to Venice, Italy. My family and I flew into Marco Polo Airport in Venice, which is located on the mainland of Italy. There's several ways to get to the city center of Venice, which is by vehicle, train, or boat. I decided we needed a little adventure and splurged on a private water taxi. So we went to the airport docks and found a water taxi and loaded our luggage and five people into the wooden speedboat. We were soon sailing through the lagoon, wind in our hair, 
passing by other boats going to and from the airport and planes flying overhead. The best part was sailing through the Grand Canal area. We turned the corner and in front of us was the Basilica of St. Mary's and the Doge's Palace, and of course, the iconic gondolas. The sights and being in the boat were surreal. It was as if we were in the movies. Pro tip, the water taxis can drop you off close to your hotel or where you will be staying. The bridges in Venice are steps and you will have to carry your luggage up and over. Avoid this as much as possible. Once you arrive at the city center of Venice, your main transportation is on foot or by boat. There are no vehicles in Venice. The streets are called Calais and intersect the city forming narrow cobblestone mazes. For me, the beauty of Venice is getting lost in these mazes and turning a corner to find an amazing sight. My family and I stayed at an Airbnb apartment and one day we made a wrong turn that landed us in front of the Scalia de Bovo, which is a Gothic style home built in the 15th century. The home has a spiral staircase that is reminiscent of a snail shell. After several times walking around the city, we easily found our way around and we seemed to take the same path back and forth to the apartment. One of my favorite things we would pass by each time was a lamp post in the shape of a dragon holding an umbrella lamp. It felt like we were transported to Diagon Alley in the Harry Potter books. That is just a little taste of Venice. You're going to hear more from Nicole next week in our episode that is solely dedicated to Venice. Yep. So be sure to tune into that. Um, we actually have some photos from Nicole, too. So we'll put some out there this week uh, to go along with what the things that she said today. But then we'll also put some out next week to kind of help enhance that story um, as she elaborates a little bit more on her experience there. That's really cool. We'll get a twofer from Nicole. I know. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> and matches up perfectly with Venice, which is really cool, too. Yes. Yeah. That's just a little taste of what's to come because we want you to contribute your travel stories as well. Yes. So you can do exactly what Nicole did and record a little voice memo and email it to us at travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. That's travelfomopodcast at gmail.com. Share your stories about travel crazy things that happen, tips that you want people to know, any of that travel-related stuff. We want to use it. We want to share it with uh, everybody in the Travel FOMO community. So just take a little time, send us an email, and we'll make sure to get it plugged in. And that's it for this week. Tune in next week for Venice. Life is short, guys. Wander well. <laughs>